0: Hello and welcome to the 30th episode of my podcast, Blind, So What? Thank you so much to everybody who has been listening to this podcast until now and who has been supporting the message that I'm trying to convey about inclusion and equity. If you want to know more about me and my musical journey, you can visit my website, which is www.kira-moser.com or you can also go to my Instagram, YouTube or Facebook channels. Stay tuned because there might be some posts about my new upcoming album on those platforms very soon. Today, I want to talk about a quote that my parents have actually been using since I am a little kid. And I just recently understood where that quote comes from. The quote is that blindness is a characteristic and not a disability. Since I was little, my parents have visited the Convention of the National Federation for the Blind in the US. The reason was that in terms of accessibility for blind people, the US has always been a little bit further than Europe. I have been reading their magazine, which is called The Braille Monitor, and is actually published every month. In this magazine, there was recently an article about a speech that was held in the Convention of the National Federation for the Blind in 1963. The name of the article was Blindness, Characteristic or Handicap. The article was written by Kenneth Jernigan and contains the speech that was held at the banquet at the Convention of the NFB in 1963. Back then, people still called a disability handicap, and the raciology might be a little bit different from what we use nowadays. Back then, this speech sparked a great deal of discussion and I would like to summarize the speech because I really support the general meaning of this quote and what lies behind it. To make it easier to keep track of the article, I will go with the word handicap as the article does, but of course we all know that nowadays the right word for that is disability, or even different ability as I would call it. The speaker starts with saying that a prominent authority recently said that loss of sight is a dying, that if blindness comes on a man, it is the end. Please remember that we are in 1963, so gendering back then was also not very common. He continues saying that it is a destructive blow, not only to the sight of the man, but to his self-image and almost his being. This is one view held by a substantial number of people in the world. It is not the only, and in the speaker's opinion, correct view. A lot of people agree with the fact of blindness being a characteristic. A lot disagree though, if the speaker goes on to say it is only a characteristic. Nothing more special, peculiar or terrible than that. If we start to see blindness as the one of the hundreds of characteristics we have to live with, We will understand the real need of the services for the blind, as well as the false needs. By definition, any characteristic is a limitation. For example, a white house is limited because it can't be green, blue or red. Likewise, every characteristic, those that we regard as strengths and those that we regard as weaknesses, are limitations. Each restricts to some degree the range of possibility, flexibility and often opportunity. If blindness is such a limitation, are blind people more limited than others? Let's do a simple comparison with something that's not hard to locate. Let's take a blind person with a superior mind and a sighted person with an average mind. Let's make all of the other characteristics equal, which is certainly impossible. But for this example, we're going to do that. Now, which of the two is more limited? It depends what you give them to do. If you're choosing of sides for baseball, of course the blind person will be more limited. If you're seeking someone to teach history, science, or to calculate your income tax, the sighted person will be more limited. Many human characteristics are obvious limitations, others not so obvious. Poverty, which is lack of material means, is one of the more obvious ones. Ignorance, Lack of knowledge and education is another. Old age, lack of youth and vigor, is another. Blindness, the lack of eyesight, is still another. In all those cases, limitations seem to be and are apparent. Let's look at other characteristics which don't seem limiting. Is the opposite of old age, youth, limiting? Indeed, a person of age 20 will not be considered for supervisory or leadership positions. Even if they qualify for the position, the person will be put down as too unexperienced, young and immature. Even if they land the position, others in the job would almost certainly resent being supervised by someone who is younger. The same holds true for any other age. Age 50 might be seen as the prime of life, but the person doesn't have the physical figure they had at age 20. Most companies will not start with an employee of that age. The moral is that any age era has its built-in limitations. Is education ever a handicap? Yes. The Speaker would never hire Albert Einstein for their company. Because of his fame and intelligence, he would bore himself to death. The Speaker was hiring somebody for the library in Iowa to take care of the shelves and the book records. The choice of applicants came down to two. Applicant A had a college degree and clearly more than average intelligence. Applicant B had a high school diploma, average intelligence, and possessed moderate initiative. The speaker hired applicant B because applicant A would soon regard the work as beneath them and get bored. Probably they would leave as soon as something better came along. Applicant B would consider the job as interesting and challenging and would be totally capable of handling it. Apparently, they became an excellent and permanent employee and worked out extremely well. In that situation, the characteristic of education became a limitation. Even the overqualified can be underprivileged. This should be enough to make the following point. If blindness is a limitation, and indeed it is, it is so in quite the same way as other characteristics which human flesh is heir to. Blindness has no more importance than any of the other hundred characteristics, and the average blind person is able to perform the average career and the average job as long as they are given the training and the opportunity. According to the speaker, other people often say, what if you were sighted and you still had all the other capacities you possess? Not so. We don't compete against who we might have been but against other people, as they are with their strengths and weaknesses, our disabilities and limitations. If we are going down that track, why not ask me what I would have done if I was born with the brain of Einstein, or the persuasive abilities of Franklin Roosevelt. Our characteristics are constantly changing, and we are forever acquiring new experiences, limitations and assets. We don't compete against what we formerly were, but against other people, as they now are. The heart of the matter of blindness being a disability is the assumption that the limitation of blindness is so much more severe than others that it warrants being singled out for special definition. This is built into the very warp and root of our language and psychology. Blindness conjures of something much more terrible and dramatic than other limitations. It is a conspicuously visible limitation and there are not many blind people around for it to be taken for granted. When somebody says to a blind person, you do things so well that I forget that you are blind. I simply think of you as being like anybody else. Is that really a compliment? Say I go to France and someone says, you do things so well that I simply forget that you are American. And I simply think of you as being like anyone else. Is that a compliment? The blind person always has to accept the statement as the compliment that it was meant to be. They should understand though that it is not a compliment at all. In reality, it says that it is normal for blind people to be inferior and limited, different and much less able than the rest of us. Of course, you are a blind person and much more limited than I, but you have compensated for it so well that I almost forget that you are inferior to me. The social attitudes about blindness are all pervasive. They don't affect only the sighted, but also the blind. Public attitudes about the blind too often become the attitudes of the blind. The blind then tend to see themselves as the others see them. They too often accept the public view of their limitations and thereby do much to make those limitations a reality. The public image is everywhere dominant, which is the explanation for blind persons who are ashamed to carry a cane or bluff sight which they don't possess. The blind person makes use of alternative techniques to do many things. The word is alternative and not substitute because substitute would make the word sound inferior. Whereas alternative techniques are not and can even be superior. Of course, some are also inferior and some are equal. For example, the human couldn't fly and saw the birds fly. Now the human invented the plane which can fly faster and higher than any bird. If the human had possessed wings, the airplane would have never been invented. The inferior wing flapping method would still be in general use. If all characteristics are made equal and a blind person is compared with a sighted, it brings us to the subject of services for the blind. There are four types being provided by private and public agencies and volunteer groups in the US. Firstly, services based on the theory that blindness is uniquely different from other characteristics and that it carries with a permanent inferiority and severe limitations upon activity. Secondly, services aimed at teaching the blind person a new and constructive set of attitudes about blindness based on the premise that the prevailing social attitudes assimilated involuntarily by the blind person are mistaken in content and destructive in effect number three are services aimed at teaching alternative skills and techniques related to blindness the fourth and last services are services that are not specifically related to blindness but to other characteristics such as old age and lack of education which are nevertheless labeled as services to the blind and included under the generous umbrella of of the service program. Those services are sold different depending on what service center you go to, and in the end, according to the speaker, and also to my experience, it's always the decision of the blind person. When you go to the doctor, the doctor decides what treatment you get. If you go to law school, the student has to decide to plan their studies, work, and career. If the student plans unwisely, they pay the price. That is the student's life. This doesn't mean that the student doesn't need those services. Exactly the same thing occurs for a blind person. They need the services, but it's in their responsibility to decide what services are right and which ones to use. Nowadays, we are reshaping and reassessing our whole idea and attitude about blindness and disability. In this process, the professional cannot play alone. The citizen public will hold the balance of decision. It is fortunate that it is so, as the professional can become limited and commit to outworn programs and ideas. This is why the general public must be the balanced staff. This means that it is the duty of us blind people to see that the new ideas receive the broadest possible dissemination. Even more important is that we must examine ourselves to see that our own minds are free from prejudices and preconception. This was a brief summary of the whole speech. Of course to some people some of the comparisons might sound a little bit extreme, but I believe that the essence of what the speaker is trying to convey is 100% true. Blindness is a characteristic and it should be perceived the same way as any other characteristic. Of course the attitudes and ideas about blind people are still misconceived in many parts of the world. And that's why a lot of services for the blind still don't offer what the blind people really need. But I do think that since this speech was held in 1963, a lot of things have already changed, especially in technology and also in terms of the preconception towards blind people and people with disability. And I think especially nowadays, we can use social media and globalization as a tool to spread more awareness for blind people and for people with disability. And we are definitely heading the right way towards change. In my opinion, we're already in the middle of it. And you are part of it, because you've been listening to this podcast. So thanks to you for that. Please feel free to also send me any suggestions what the next episodes could be about. I really hope you enjoyed listening to the summary of the speech and also a little bit of my opinion on it. Stay tuned for the next episode, take care, and don't forget, blind, so what?